Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Emotionally Intelligent Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Pinto, and I love all things emotional intelligence. I speak about emotional intelligence, I write about emotional intelligence, and I coach on emotional intelligence all in the parenting and education spaces. So anything to do with parents, adults, kids, students, I just love. (laughs) As we begin, I want to acknowledge the Darug Nation, who are the traditional custodians of the land on which I live, work, and record this podcast. I pay my respects to all First Nations people, elders and ancestors, and I acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded and stand in solidarity towards a shared future. Okay, let's dive into all things emotional intelligence today in this episode. So I'm not going to be speaking really specifically about families and parenting and things like that. Of course, this stuff is going to relate so well. That's why I kind of married the two together, my knowledge and and learning and love of emotional intelligence, and then my experience with families as a pediatric therapist. Um, For those of you who don't know, I was a speech pathologist, a pediatric speech pathologist for 10 years before I moved into the emotionally intelligent parenting space. So I kind of, I just think that they work so well together. And to be honest, a lot of the time when I was working with kids and their families as a therapist, even though I was working on, you know, language and communication and social skills goals and things like that, I was seeing so many parents really struggling with how to manage their kids' challenging behavior and their big emotions and wanting support and advice. And I was like, hmm. I don't know. Like I, you know, I started that career straight out of university. I did not have kids myself yet. And I actually remember thinking this is like the most, I don't want to say the worst part of my job, but like the, the most challenging, hardest part of my job as a therapist was to support parents with those um, kind of difficulties because I didn't have the skills myself. I wasn't a parent myself. I hadn't trained obviously in behavior and Um, understanding emotions and things like that. Big difference to where I am now. And I love this stuff, but I, I don't know if you guys can believe that I genuinely hated, like I just felt so helpless and out of place. Like I didn't have the tools. I didn't have this, the advice that they were after. And I was there in the homes witnessing these challenging behaviors, the uncooperative behaviors, the meltdowns and things like that. And yeah, like I said, I just... I really struggled. It made me feel a bit of a fraud, to be honest. So fast forward a few years and I found and just fell into emotional intelligence. Um, I won't tell you the backstory. Maybe that's another episode in itself, Um, but I absolutely loved it. So let's take a bit of a dive into emotional intelligence and what it is and what it looks like in people. If you're kind of new to emotional intelligence, then hold on tight. I have all the stuff that that you need to know jam-packed into maybe let's say 20 minutes. (laughs) So we're going to hit the ground running. Okay. So first off, I've actually got my book here in front of me, which is called From Chaos to Connection. Now it was published in February of 2023. When it was first published, I was absolutely mind blown because it went straight on a couple of bestseller lists. It was on about three different categories in Amazon. And it also, get this, knocked off Brene Brown for a short period from the top spot in like parenting and emotion and behavior and psychology categories. So I was like, whoa, 
Um, so that blew me away and I was super duper proud. And of course she, you know, went back on, on the top spot because her work is amazing. But that kind of just made me go, wow, you know, this is pretty exciting. This is something. So I'm going to read a little bit out um, because the second chapter in this is called uh, What is Emotional Intelligence? <laughs> so I was a bit cheeky with the chapter title there. When I wrote the book, I was able to really place my thoughts together properly. Whereas when I'm recording this podcast, I'm pretty relaxed, <laughs> as you can maybe tell. Um, I don't do much editing as well. So you'll hear lots of um, uh, ooh, like that. Okay, so I want you first to have a think about a couple of different people that maybe you have come across or that are in your life. Okay, so first one is, have you ever known someone who is often really blunt, maybe rude, or perhaps they always seem to talk about themselves? Is there someone maybe you work with who sends those passive aggressive emails or they talk behind people's backs? Ooh. Maybe bring a friend to mind who's highly dramatic, you could call them, or the whole woe is me. Uh, maybe there's someone in your family who's constantly stressed or always negative or finding fault in any situation. Ooh, draining. Um, and lastly, have you come across a child maybe who's quick to anger, maybe they're unable to manage their emotional outbursts, maybe they appear really selfish and egocentric, or maybe they're even possibly a bully. So of course I'm talking in general terms, you know, we each have sort of elements of that in our personalities, but people like this will likely have something in common and that's a lack of emotional intelligence. Unfortunately, it does make you want to avoid them like the plague. Uh, so let's kind of focus. We're going to shift our focus in a minute on obviously having and developing our own emotional intelligence so that we can then pass that on to our kids. In a nutshell, I'm going to just pause on the people there. I want you guys to, you know, bring some people to mind that you, I'm sure you will think, oh my God, I know exactly someone like that. Um, it might not be now. It might be uh, previously or maybe in school. So we all know people you know, who have these different kind of traits and habits. So let me park that for a second. And in a nutshell, let's look at emotional intelligence. It's really the ability to use both the logical and emotional parts of the brain. Again, if we're breaking it down really simply in order to have successful relationships, conversations and connections. And usually when I talk about emotional intelligence, specifically with parents and in the context of families, I'll kind of describe it as valuing emotions in ourselves and in others and utilizing our emotions as valuable sources of insight and connection in our relationships, because that is what it is all about. And so I do this because I find that so many parents have grown up without valuing emotions like that just was not taught to them. Um, and that in itself, this is kind of the root of much stress and conflict between parents and kids. It generally is. When we don't value emotions or if we place a negative value on them, like they are bad or they're manipulative or they're a sign of weakness, well, we're going to be in constant opposition to our kids. They express emotions all the time, as we know, um, and without restraint. And basically they're little buzzing balls of emotion. <laughs> so I'll talk about more, more of that later. But now I want to kind of flick back your focus to another type of person. So did you ever have a teacher or a mentor who really understood you and really took time to connect with you and support you? Maybe think of someone who really makes you feel seen and heard and understood 
maybe um, a person with strong integrity or perhaps an excellent problem solving brain. Maybe, you know, those people who are really good under um, pressure in crisis situations, they can think clearly. They're not overtaken by emotions. Okay, so now think of a person that you know, maybe who's a good listener. Maybe they share openly and honestly about themselves. So there's that element of vulnerability. And yet obviously not oversharing and kind of stealing the spotlight every time you guys talk. <laughs> and then finally, consider someone who appears to kind of move through life and its challenges with strength and with authenticity. So, you know, it's not being... Um, peachy perfect you know everything is fine all the time um, they do show their emotions instead of hiding them but they don't let those emotions get out of control so they know how to kind of manage them maybe they're not complainers um, and generally they'll have a positive nature and I say generally generally instead of always because again emotional intelligence is it's it's really not about being perfect with your emotions and never having those uncomfortable, challenging, or, you know, stressful, difficult, tough emotions. So anyway, these people that I'm just describing, again, really generally, I'm just picking some out of the pack, will very likely have strong emotional intelligence skills. And a lot of us will naturally gravitate towards those people. We wanna be around them, we wanna connect with them, they make us feel good. You know, things just flow. You know those friendships that you have with those people, yes. You probably have a good level of trust with them. Um, you know, these people are usually relatively optimistic. They're relatively resilient, right? And I always think, aren't these the kind of people or aren't these maybe the kind of skills that we want our kids to develop by the time they fly the nest? I don't know about you, but I would love that. So if we take a closer look at emotional intelligence, and again, this this information and this particularly this definition and then the breakdown of it is in my book so emotional intelligence is being aware of your emotions and those of others in the moment and using this information to guide your actions adjust your behavior and make good decisions so that's the more in-depth like <laughs> wordy long-winded definition and i know it's really long um, luckily, I've committed it to memory just because I've said it so many times on like webinars and and when I do workshops and classes and stuff. But I actually think it's really interesting to have a look at that and to kind of break it down. Before I talked about just emotional intelligence being, you know, using the emotional and logical sides of your brain and balancing that, which it is. But, you know, we can always break things down a little bit more and look more deeply at it. So that definition, the kind of longer definition is really the one that came out of the Institute of Social and Emotional Intelligence in the US, which is where I got trained back in 2019, when I was like, right, this is it. I love it. Like, let me go get certified. And, um, you know, a few years before that, I had just been, you know, as you do, reading, absorbing everything I could, like inhaling all the articles and, I don't know, videos and YouTube stuff. And yeah, so anyway. Sometimes we do call emotional intelligence EI or EQ for short, and I'll maybe I'll just quickly talk now about why we call it EQ. Obviously, EI is emotional intelligence. EQ is actually your emotional quotient. So this is like the measure for emotional intelligence. So yes, it can be measured. Yes, there are a number of different um, assessments and tests and things like that out there. Some are more reputable than others. There was actually uh, the one that I utilized and still use when uh, since when I got trained 
by the ISEI. They have a great one called the SEIP. And so if anyone's interested, you can let me know and I can set one up for you. It's a really in-depth, I think it's 78 questions um, uh, and you fill, fill that in in your own time. And then it creates this really, really in-depth, I can't even remember, like 50 plus page report. <laughs> and you get all the um, specific results of the different areas and competencies of emotional intelligence and then some pointers on you know where to begin uh, if you're going to start doing some coaching around emotional intelligence so so that is really cool i love that seip that's the social and emotional intelligence profile what is eq so strictly speaking eq is your emotional quotient as i said this measures your emotional intelligence which consists of the 26 competencies which i'm going to go through in a minute and it's really interesting that EQ is now really commonly used for emotional intelligence, although it actually indicates the measurement. So sometimes I will often just use them interchangeably. I'll be talking about someone's EQ or, you know, EI, but you know, I, I don't know, I don't really split hairs and stuff like that. So when we think of IQ, that's a person's intelligence quotient. So they're a collection of cognitive skills like logic, spatial orientation, verbal reasoning, memory, and things like that. Since the 1900s, these cognitive skills have really been measured and tested and society has put a massive amount of importance on this area. It's really highly valued. We all know that, don't we? People talk about and even joke about people's IQ. Um, people can be labeled, they're either celebrated and admired, or they're disregarded or embarrassed, um, depending on their IQ. So. I love that emotional intelligence is actually not a fixed trait. It is not something that once you're born, it's set in stone. It's not a limited capacity. It can definitely be learnt and honed and practiced and cultivated by anyone who so desires. So I absolutely love that. And actually, interestingly, there are, we, we, you probably also know some people with a low EQ, but a high IQ. These people generally don't tend to be great leaders. There's actually a lot of research around emotional intelligence in leaders, especially in business. Um, and it's really often because they can't connect deeply with other people. They can't motivate them towards a common goal. And that means they're ineffective um, to the detriment of the people around them or the staff. And there's things like high turnover and whatnot, you know, so it's really a, um, a much needed and really highly sought after set of skills in the workplace. Really, really fascinating, I think. Okay, so let me break down the 26 areas or competencies or skill areas of emotional intelligence. This is again, according to where I was trained. First, let's have a look at the four quadrants. So these are like the four main categories or the main areas. Emotional intelligence is first broken into down into these four areas. If you imagine like a window that you would have drawn when you were like five. <laughs> so a window, a bit of a table, like a window, two columns, two rows. This is how I imagine it. And this is actually how it's laid out in my book. So it's really easy to see. The first one is self-awareness. So this is kind of the first, like, I don't know, parent category, if you want to call it. Self-awareness is the first one. And the second one is other awareness. So as in awareness of other people. So firstly, if we want to work on our emotional intelligence, we definitely need to start with our own self-awareness, raising that and looking more deeply at our own habits and patterns and beliefs and things like that. The second part is, are we aware that other people have emotions just like we do? And for that matter, other people's emotions are as true for them 
as ours are for us. So that's like a tip off the get-go. I don't know if you want to write that down, but that was like groundbreaking to me when I realized, oh my God, like my husband and my kids and my in-laws, when they have this strong um, connection to their experience and how stressful or awful or exciting it was and those emotions, like that is as true for them as mine are for me. And I cannot argue with that. You cannot argue or... or um, you like disagree with someone else's emotions or experience. That's actually a surefire way to just get into conflict and end up arguing or hurting someone's feelings or rupturing a relationship. So anyway, I got distracted. So we have self-awareness and then we have other awareness. And then the third kind of section is self-management. The fourth one is relationship management. I just want to take a really short break to let you guys know something exciting is starting very soon. It will be the next round of my parenting program. It's a three month program called Chaos to Connection. I have been running this, I've run it 13 times. So I have really seen so many parents come through this program who love it and who see big transformations in their family. And they know that being emotionally intelligent is really the key to kind of of course, managing our triggers, our parenting triggers in a more positive way so that we are not maybe blowing up or sometimes parents feel like they're scarring their kids, you know, from yelling and punishing. Um, it really helps people to enjoy their children more. So you kind of get rid of that snappy, cranky feeling. You will learn how to confidently diffuse challenging behaviors, how to help your child to better manage their own big emotions and I go through lots of proven tools and strategies that will help you to create your own personalized family's framework of emotional intelligence. So you're going to feel a lot more calm, confident and loving towards your kids, which is so, so nice to see. And we also go through shedding those unhelpful habits that maybe you learned as a child um, growing up in your childhood. We also, of course, go through how to set clear and healthy boundaries with empathy, but to know how to deal with some of that pushback or that defiance or maybe the uncooperative sort of behaviors. So this is such a great program. I love it. I have tons of testimonials on my website that I always direct parents to have a look at because it just shows you what is possible. Parents often think, no, but my kids are crazy or no, but I've been a shouter for so long. Um, trust me that does not matter. Emotional intelligence is so, so powerful. So in the program, there are weekly live coaching sessions with me. There is a private Facebook group that you will go into. There are practical resources each week that I drip feed that you guys can use and um, your very own copy of my book from Chaos to Connection. So there's a lot in that three month program. It's starting February 2024. If you want some info, please reach out to my team and I probably the best way to do that is just send us an email. So you can send it to hello at stephaniepinto.com and let's get back to the show. If you have a thing about self-awareness first, we can be aware of other people's emotions as well and what that means for them. Then I can look at how I can manage and navigate my own skills, my own strengths and my own weaknesses, my own emotions, um, my habits, my patterns and things like that. So there's self-management and then relationship management. Of course, we can't like manage other people. No one really likes to be managed. <laughs> Your kids don't like it. People at work don't like it. 
Um, if you have ever been managed or micromanaged, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. So relationship manager, relationship management is like the fourth quadrant. Really, you could look at self-awareness first and then self-management. Then you could look at other awareness and then relationship management. I don't know. Um, I would love to know what you guys think. Like, would you do it in order? I just think, well, when we do the assessment, we look at all different quadrants, all different areas and all the breakdown, which I'm going to go to go through in a second. And then we look at, you know, what are your strengths? What are you doing really well? How can we do more of that? And then where are your areas of growth? We don't tend to call them weaknesses, but again, maybe that's splitting hairs. It's the things that we're not so good at or our lower areas that are not a strength for us. And how can we start to bring those up and work on them and improve them? within self-awareness so they're the four and like I said there are 26 competencies or individual areas that make up emotional intelligence so let's quickly go through those I'm not going to go through them all like in depth but I will read them out underneath self-awareness and other awareness so there's first two there's only three three under each so it's really easy to remember again this is in my book so if you want to late see it laid out it's really easy self-awareness has emotional self-awareness as the first piece Second one is accurate self-assessment. Third one is personal power. Mm. Fun fact. I don't know if I should say this on the podcast, but when I first took the SEIP, one of my like lowest areas or competencies or skills was personal power. So, and maybe I'll go through that quickly at the end because then you'll get, you'll get a sense it's to do with sort of, you know, not speaking up, not being assertive, not being confident, Um, being a bit of a people pleaser hello that's me that was me so underneath other awareness so awareness of other people's emotions first one is empathy second one is situational awareness and third is service orientation underneath the third section self-management there are 10 and underneath relationship management there are 10 so that's really um it's a nice breakdown i love how it just It's all like equal in my brain. (laughs) My brain likes that. So underneath self-management, we have behavioral self-control. Second one, integrity. Third is innovation and creativity. Fourth is initiative and bias for action. Five is achievement drive. Six is realistic optimism. Seven is resilience. Mm, who knew that resilience was a part of emotional intelligence? I did. <laughs> I didn't before, but I do now. Number eight, stress management. Number nine, personal agility. Number 10, intentionality. Ooh, I love this stuff. Like, I could seriously go into each of those in an episode. Maybe I will. Maybe I will. So that's under self-management, so managing yourself and working on your own emotional intelligence and your own behavior, your own habits and patterns of showing up and communicating, things like that. Relationship management, this is the last one, again I said, so there are 10 um, specific competencies underneath. And the first one is communication, woo! So I love that one because that is, that's my like bread and butter as a speech pathologist or a previous speechy. So communication, second is interpersonal effectiveness. Third is powerful influencing skills. Like you can see how this relates to um, being in a family, right? Not just in a a team or a workplace. Third is, um, oh, I just said that, (laughs) powerful influencing skills. Fourth is conflict management. (gasps) Seriously, every human being needs that. I mean, every human being needs a lot of these. Um, 
Five is inspirational leadership. Six, catalyzing change. Seven is building bonds. Eight, teamwork and collaboration. Hello, totally need that if you have children. Uh, Nine is coaching and mentoring. And we do a lot of coaching, don't we? We're emotion coaches as emotionally intelligent parents. And the last one is building trust. How cool is, I don't know, I'm just nerding out. I love going through that stuff. Um, As I said, there's, there's more in depth and there's that table in my book and there's lots of stories in there. There are um, little mini chapter challenges like self-coaching exercises at the end. I didn't mean this to be about my book, but it's just like, it's great because it all puts it in one place. So if you love what you've been hearing on this episode or other episodes of the podcast, I would love if you go and just check that out on Amazon. Um, It is not by any means one of the most expensive books. I kept it really at an affordable price. So people hopefully anywhere and everywhere can grab a copy. Ask me for help if you need, but I'll put that. It's already in the show notes, my link to um, the book. So yeah, I, I wonder what you take away from that. I think it's so powerful to bring emotional intelligence into your family. You don't even need to remember any of those specific 26 competencies that make up emotional intelligence. I think just even knowing, just listening to this episode gives you you know, a bit more of an understanding about what it takes to be an emotionally intelligent person. Nowhere in there, by the way, did it say being perfect or perfectionism or not making mistakes. It's almost like the opposite, right? We, we need to have that um, honesty, integrity, humility and um, accountability and responsibility when we stuff up and we need to repair. And, you know, that's that's a big part of being a parent, I think. So really, really normal. So I hope you enjoyed that breakdown. I love the definition. I think that um, I didn't really go through in depth the definition, but I think you get the picture that if we think back to, you know, that long-winded explanation of emotional intelligence, you know, knowing our own emotions and having an awareness of other people's emotions, obviously there's the two halves to it there. Knowing that in the moment, there was those three words. I don't know if you heard them. Maybe you can like rewind. And (laughs) I said in the moment to be able to do that is like mind-blowingly powerful, challenging. Yes, but it can be an absolute game changer to be able to do that in the moment before you say or do that thing that is really on your mind or that you you just your your brain wants to get out before it filters. So doing it in the moment is really powerful and using that information like your information, sorry, your knowledge of your emotions and your emotional state and your physiological state, using that information to really better guide your actions and make good decisions. Oh, that's, it's just absolutely transformative for relationships. Doesn't matter if it's with kids or with adults, like anyone and everyone needs this stuff. So at the moment, and I'm not sure for how much longer, I do have an emotional intelligence quiz that's free on my website. Um, Let me know if you want a copy of that. It's, I'll put the link in the show notes. It's stephaniepinto.com slash resources. I've got a bunch of resources. And at the moment, the very first one is down to zero dollars. It's the emotional intelligence quiz. So there's a parent and a child kind of section to that, um, to that version. So it's really cool. It's a very short one. It's easy to go through. You can do it for yourself and then do it for your kids. And it just gives you a bit of a starting point. Like, where am I at? How am I going? Where might I need to focus some of my time and energy? Um, And what would would coaching help with if I did that? So you can make your own notes 
and write down your own takeaways and stuff. That's really cool. Thank you so much for being here and letting me speak into your ears and tell you about the stuff that I love that I know is so beneficial for parents and and for kids alike. I'm just so happy that you're here, that you're listening. Please mention this podcast to family or friends if you have found it helpful. And I would love if you can just take 10 seconds to give it a rating on your podcast app, like on your Apple um, podcast or Spotify, wherever you can. That would mean so much. And it really does help to kind of grow it and get it out there to other parents who might really benefit from this. So thank you so much in advance. Um, ask me any questions I'm going to get to answering questions on the podcast I'm also going to be having guests on really soon so I'm excited about that Uh, and otherwise stay safe have a great rest of your day and I will see you in the next one